The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. Hi there, this is Rami. Hey, I'm driving right now on my way to see a friend of mine, Shakita Jones. She started a nonprofit a little while ago called Kicks for Kids. She noticed in some of the inner city youth in Pontiac and Detroit, kind of late elementary school and middle school age kids, uh, when they didn't have shoes, really hurt their self-confidence. And so she, she kind of set out on her own as her own personal mission, starting to get some of these kids shoes. And as she got them shoes, which they call kicks, actually, she noticed a change in their, in their persona at school. She noticed them starting to feel more empowered and more secure. And as we all know, our world can be a cruel place. You know, school children can be, well, a bit cruel to each other, I guess. And so she really noticed that these shoes made a difference. So she set out, you know, trying to raise a little money, collect shoes and delivering the shoes into the schools. Well, she started to have this enormous social impact, as you can imagine, on these kids. And the testimony coming out of these kids, even from their parents, teachers, she's making a huge difference. So I met Shakita uh, last year or so, and I was teaching in a class about social enterprise and about measuring it. And I just noticed this bright light around Shakita. She has this incredible passion to help and is really kind of unsure what steps she should take next. You know, she set up the nonprofit thinking, gosh, is this the best way to take donations? I'm just kind of passing through resources for my mission, which is really the intent of a nonprofit to set up a way to pass through resources from one entity to another recipient. But as she and I started to talk, she really realized that, man, this is a lot of work. If I'm going to consistently go out and find donors to make all this happen, find the shoes, deliver the shoes, track all this, I think I'm going to need another source of revenue. So I'm on my way to meet with her today where we're kind of going over the overall budget that she feels she'll need minimum and what her big vision is on how much she thinks she's going to need to raise. And then we're going to see if we can carve out a part of that and see if there's any options to have any kind of enterprise or business element embedded within her nonprofit or standing alongside of it. What we don't want to dilute her overall mission. This is all about her getting shoes to kids. So stay tuned as we explore this conversation. So Shakita, how did you originally come up with the idea for Kicks for Kids? In 2011, I was a teacher in Pontiac School District. Um, I had about 26 graders in my classroom, and it was the spring of 2011. And in Michigan, we actually had spring that year. And the kids, I noticed they were like wearing all these beat up, worn out shoes. So the boots were like too big, or some were too small, or they they actually had holes in them. And so I have really, um, it's sad, but I have high glue gun shoes together before. So I said, um, I have a friend that owns a sneaker store and I know all these people that have tons of shoes. I'm going to get you guys some shoes. And so I asked them, you know, why didn't they um, have any shoes or anything? like? You know, we just had a discussion because they always liked the sneakers that I wore. And they told me, and that's where we had a comment. Oh, Miss Jones, those are so sweet. Those are so sweet. They love them. So basically their families were large and they just didn't have the means to get what they needed. So 
not only did they just they didn't have shoes they had like one pair and they were one pair that were just they were not right I said I'm going to get you guys some shoes so I had a fundraiser at a local restaurant I sold tickets for entry for ten dollars I raised enough money to get every sixth grader in the school a pair of shoes so that's where Kicks for Kids originally started at what point did you cross over and go okay I'm going to try to do this what was that moment that made you go, you know, I'm going to do something about this? Well, in 2011, I had it and I really liked it. The kids were excited. I had money left over. So what I did is I bought all these gifts and stuff from like Target, like basketball, hula hoops, all kinds of things. And I had the kids bid on it. So they had earned points from class. So we did like a big auction. So it was so successful that I said, I'm going to do this again next year. So I did the same thing again to the same amount of kids in the same school. And then the third year, I moved to another school and there were more children there. And I said, you know, another people have been saying, Shakita, this is so great. You don't know what a difference you're making. You need to do this. And I'm like, I didn't think it was a big deal. You know what I mean? The kids were happy. You know, I did all the shopping. I picked out every single shoe. So I didn't really think, you know, so really people coming to me and giving me compliments and just telling me how they felt and the kids being so excited about it. I knew that I had to get more shoes on more kids. So the only way that I can get more shoes on more kids is to raise awareness and get more money. How did you come up with the name kicks for kids some people might not be aware that the word kicks is another word for shoes right yeah well I just was doodling in my notebook I had about three things that I wanted to do I wanted to do a singles mingle that I still haven't done wanted to do an event called pretty and pink which would be to get um, young ladies a bra fitting and a professional bra I actually did that earlier this year and then I wrote kicks for kids and kicks is just another terminology for sneakers gym shoes tennis shoes so I called them kicks I thought that was cute k for k and my husband who grew up in Pontiac knew exactly what those were I said kicks for kids and she said and he said he said oh yeah shoes yeah sneakers it's, it's a common term really in the Pontiac and Detroit area but it, I don't know if it is in other urban areas but what's the average age of the kids that you tend to get shoes for the average age that I try to get shoes for when I give away my shoe giveaway my annual shoe giveaway is around um anywhere from like nine to 13 mm. and I pick those ages because but my focus group initially was sixth grade, which was 11. But um, since I've been growing, I've started going down and up. So 9 to 13. Because many of those kids, that's when they're going through the transition. They're going through puberty. They start noticing what they have. So it's, you start noticing the difference between the have and have nots. And that's a big time that your self-esteem can really be impacted. So that is um, the age I target for the gym shoes. While we're talking about the kids, what did you observe? I mean, we're going to talk about it in a minute about social impact measuring that, but what did you initially start to observe as common threads when they'd receive these shoes? Well, the kids never, they knew that someone asked them for their shoe size, but we, as teachers, we asked them anything. So when they just tell you, um, when they came, they're all just looking around. They each got a bag. They're anxious. They want to open up the bag. So when we say all together, open up your bag, 
when they look in here at these shoes, they start screaming and smiling and can I wear these shoes? Are these mine? Can I have them? Um, these are the best shoes ever. And so they are so excited. And then some of them even put them on right then and there. <laughs> and then, you know, I've gotten um, notes from parents. I've gotten thank you letters from kids when they have done it on their own. Just so excited and appreciative that we were giving them shoes. You know, many of the kids said, I can't believe that you would take your time to do something for me. You don't even know me. So that really sparked the interest in kids about humanity and how, how important it is to not only look out for yourself and those that you know, but other people. Shakita, what do you notice uh, about the kids? We, we, you and I have had some conversations about them feeling a little bit more empowered. They tend to... Um, feel better about themselves therefore they tend not to participate from what I understand from you and some other activities that they might normally are you noticing an overall improvement in their performance from schools I mean what do you hear from teachers and parents when they're feeling better about themselves well that's the hardest thing to do is to measure the impact and last year I gave out only 200 pair of sneakers so initially the kids are really excited and they're happy and they have you know, new shoes on. So they're not really embarrassed. They may um, not care to be seen. You know, they're not necessarily hiding. One of my things that I'm going to focus on is to really be able to grab some hard evidence to prove that there is a difference. I know that I'm making an impact because the kids went from no shoes to having a pair of shoes. Not only do they have shoes that they, that is a necessity, they have adult pair of shoes, a, a great pair that they're excited and happy to wear. So, Tell us about these shoes that you get. These are more than just um, an average pair that you might get, uh, perhaps what people are thinking, uh, maybe a secondhand store. Talk about um, the, the high quality of these shoes that you're getting for these kids. I get the shoes, kids' shoes, that I would wear. You know, they're they're not knockoffs or, you know, they're name brand shoes. They're durable. You know, I get them Converse, um, Nike, Adidas, Puma, really reputable um, brand sneakers. And so they love them. They're not embarrassed to wear them. And they have people asking them, where did you get those shoes? Those are cool. Oh, and I average about, when I'm fundraising, I average about $50 a shoe for a kid. So that lets me know how much money I need to raise. So this year, we're looking to sponsor 400 students. So 400 students, $50 each, that's about $20,000 cash just for shoes alone. I know you've, you and I have tried to do a little planning on, gosh, what's the scope that this could grow into, and it's massive, because not only are there thousands and thousands and thousands of kids, but they, they don't stay the same size. They no. grow. <laughs> so they, or in the, and if this is a hot pair of shoes, they're going to wear them out. So the, the need for, for a growth for your organization is huge. You and I are starting to talk about last time we got together and we were kind of putting together some budget and numbers for you. And um, this is a little bit off subject, but it was interesting that we added in a line item for a different kind of bags, like these drawstring bags. And I'd love for you to tell me again the story um, about why we need bags as a line item in your budget in addition to the shoes. 
Well, initially, I had gotten the kids gift bags, like their um, big gift bags from the dollar store. They would cost like a dollar. And then I would stuff them with tissue paper and put the sneaker box inside. However, like I noticed when I gave away the shoes to the kids in Detroit, they were like leaving their bags, leaving their boxes, and they were putting their shoes in their book bags. And they're like, we're not going to get Jack for these. I got to get my shoes home. So I'm like, I never even thought about that, that on the way home from school that someone could potentially take their bag. And I'm not saying that that would happen or it would not happen, but the kids, they're very street smart and they just knew to protect themselves and to put them away where no one could see that they have them. So I would like to order some black drawstring cinch bags for the sneakers to go into so the kids could use them to take the shoes home. And then they could also use them later for a book bag or any kind of bag to carry around. One of the things I love about you in the short term that we've met and been talking and doing some of this consulting work is you're really sensitive about honoring their situation at all times. You just you just honor people so beautifully. I see that in you in the short time. You seem to notice all of those subtle things that help that person live in their cultural environment, if you will, and feel better about it. So one of the interesting things of when you start a nonprofit, I know that you've kind of gotten your 501c3 papers, which is a not-for-profit in the U.S. Outside the U.S., they're called NGOs. But uh, a not-for-profit is generally set up for as what I call a pass-through entity. So you're trying to pass through one resource to another. Mm-hmm. And so nonprofits work really beautifully for that in the U.S. And you, generally you're just trying to raise enough money to pass things through to solve a need and keep some to keep the organization going. In today's world, there's a lot of these uh, nonprofits that are putting in enterprise or a little business element in it uh, really solely to reduce the donor fatigue, trying because you're constantly going out and raising money. And sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes it's better to honor the integrity of just keeping it full pass through. And I know uh, you and I, one of the questions that you and I are exploring of, gosh, is there something here that's natural? It, be- it belongs to the authenticity of your organization, honoring kids with shoes. Uh, are there other things that could be sold to generate some revenue? We ended up kind of identifying the T-shirts and hoodies that are part of your brand. And we've also been exploring um, potentially a a different type of shoe to sell, something like that. As we started to talk about that, um, we kind of landed on, let's just keep it all in the nonprofit for now and start with the hoodies and the T-shirts. Because you were starting to ask some really interesting questions about the culture of sneakers. And would you mind telling me some of those questions that you're exploring right now about why people even buy sneakers and shoes? Well, I know as a child, I love gym shoes. And I remember getting my first pair of Jordans. Like you used to have to wait in, well, they still do. You would have to wait in line or you would have to be involved in a lottery. And I was just... I'm now I'm 33 years old and I still love sneakers, but I don't necessarily have to have the hottest ones out. I was just wondering, what is it between kids and adults that draws them to a sneaker? You have people that are absolutely ecstatic and excited about gym shoes. They have so many gym shoes that they can't even wear them. That's what even made me say, let me start Kicks for Kids because I got my best friend's husband 
he owns a sneaker store, Burn Rubber. So um, they're located in Royal Oak. They're a local um, sneaker boutique. And, you know, they have so many shoes. And they were giving me shoes that I could give to the kids. And that's what initially sparked it. But before he even had the store, he was obsessed with shoes. He would drive 10 hours to New York to the babe store to get gym shoes and come right back. So you're driving all the way to New York City to get a $250 pair of shoes and to turn around and come back? Mm -hmm. So that's something that I would want to explore from children all the way to an adult. What is our obsession with the sneakers? It's interesting. You, when you think of people obsessed with shoes, you can automatically think of women with heels. But you're right. There is a whole culture around sneakers, gym shoes, whatever you want to call it, kicks. And we, I think we've all got a story about uh, we think it makes us jump higher or run faster or whatever. It's not just fashion, you know. There's something about it. You were talking earlier about it's. it can be similar to us women getting our, our nails done or th- something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I think... Um We all have things that we love that makes us feel better, feel more confident. Definitely for the kids that I give to, um, they're really excited because they have something that they can call their own and they're nice. Sometimes when people give back, they give the very minimum. Like, well, at least they have a pair of shoes. They didn't have anything to begin with. But the fact that I'm giving them a pair of shoes with expecting nothing in return and they're wonderful, they're just so excited. So, I, you know, I would like to even take that quest to go around to just ask mm-hmm. different people so I can find a common thread on what is it about sneakers. You know, it's, it's, very, it's a very popular culture. So anyone listening out there on this podcast series, we would welcome feedback at the Bonfires of Social Enterprise website. We'll create a little uh, place for you to go on and enter in information for Shakita. Hey, Shakita, how does the listening audience reach you if they want to reach you directly? Maybe give us your social media. Yes. Well, our Instagram account is Kicks, the number four, Kids Foundation. Um, Our Twitter is also Please it's underscore kicks, the number four, and kids. If you would like to look at our website to see all the wonderful things we're doing and we have done, it's www.supportkicksforkidsfoundation.org. Thank you so much, Shakita. This has been really fun, and uh, we want to stay walking alongside you in this podcast series and see what develops in your organization. You and I are going to continue to work on uh, your financial documents and see the best way we can get you prepared so you can be bringing in some dollars to keep your mission going. But thanks so much for being on our podcast show today. Thank you for having me. And um, I really appreciate you believing in the mission. And I love that your husband's from Pontiac also, but just believing in the mission and seeing that my compassion and my passion for the kids. I always say, more than anything, Kids for Kids has saved me. It makes me more motivated to do things. So it has saved me and I appreciate doing it. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, email this link, bonfiresofsocialenterprise.com, to a friend and help spread the word. Music by Dan Castle and Thomas Rojo. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Jingress and are copywritten 2015 Jingress Global LLC 
and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingrass Global, LLC.